Welcome to Extra Time 90 Plus 3. I am your host, Anir, and on today's episode, we will be discussing Sheffield United. Cue the music. <laughs> I mean, we don't have one as of yet, but uh, this is probably where it will go when we do have an intro music. To whoever is listening, um, they've already figured out that this is my first ever podcast. And to be honest with you, it seems like a, like a radio channel. Uh, I wish we had those uh, buttons in front of us with the, with the sound effects and the music shortcuts. <laughs> well, all I got is a notepad and a pen, but uh, let's get started. So Extra Time 90 Plus 3 is a new show where we talk about everything football, whether it be transfer news, specific teams, analysis, players, football business. Uh, well, to sum it all up, anything that has to do with football will be discussed here. And on today's episode, we will be talking about the struggling Sheffield United. And I think I surprised everyone that actually follows the Premier League uh, at how poor they've started uh, this season with uh, 12 games played and only earning a point. Uh, well, for some people, it may be straightforward that due to the departure of Dean Henderson, uh, these issues have risen. But I think the problems go a lot deeper than that. And since we are talking about Dean Henderson, I think it's straightforward that with his departure, uh, as he's gone back to Manchester United, Ramsdale has to fill in the shoes. And well, when comparing the two goalkeepers, Dean Henderson is far superior. Um, looking at the expected goals from last season, which is based on uh, historical assessment, uh, which takes into consideration the quality of the shots, of the power of the shot, etc. Henderson had saved seven to nine expected goals, which is extremely good for a goalkeeper, and especially for a team like Sheffield United, you know, uh, a team that isn't known for scoring so many goals. Take last season, for instance, out of the 38 games, they only managed to score 39 goals, but still were in a fight for European competition. With a strong defense and, and an exceptional goalkeeper in Dean Henderson, who's saving 79 goals uh, a season, puts Sheffield in a very good position, right? Uh, they were challenging for European competition last season. Uh, now that Ramsdale has come in and is an average goalkeeper, uh, and isn't as good and won't save as many goals, this could be one of the reasons why Sheffield United have had such a poor start. Um, after the first 12 games of last season, Sheffield United had only conceded 11 goals. However, this season, they had an expected goal against of 18.9 goals, but have conceded 21. What could be said is that uh, Dean Henderson um, would have saved two to three goals by this time in the season since we were about a third into it. Uh, and that could have she saved Sheffield United from a few losses or would have even won them games as their games against City, Aston Villa, Leeds United, West Ham, West Brom, Leicester, Liverpool were all low-scoring games. Um, so you could have expected maybe a couple of points or maybe a win in these games and could have really put them up out of that relegation zone. Uh, taking a close look, I think, at their defence right now, uh, Sheffield usually play with a three at the back, at, uh, with O'Connell and Basham being their, their two outer first-choice centre-backs. Um, and, uh, and we can refer to them as an overlapping centre-back. Uh, both of them would have similar roles, one on the left, one on the right, O'Connell being on the left and uh, Basham being on the right, uh, who would push up to the final third of the opposing team. Uh, it was a tactic that Chris Wilder and his team came up with, and it was used, it, it would... It was inspired by the idea that players making unexpected runs would really bring some sort of fear into the defending team. 
uh, and this would work well as, as this gave a chance for for the fullbacks uh, to push forward and come inside while the outer center backs would push down the line and try to get those crosses in and and, and really dictate that attack on the right and left flanks uh, which would mean that if these two center backs are going up front you would have those two fullbacks helping out in the attack and this would mean that Sheffield United could get a lot of bodies in front into the final third. Uh, this would work really well, I think, uh, because, and it did, <laughs> it did, uh, because the opposing team's attacking players would have to track back as well to support the team, uh, which would mean that there weren't any attacking options if there was a counter-attack that Sheffield United would have to defend. Um, looking at last season's stats, uh, Sheffield United would use the flanks a lot for the attacks, and uh, they would use around about 40% on the left, and... Uh, 40% on the right with 20% of their attacks coming through the middle. Uh, but O'Connell, that left center back, yeah, I think, yeah, left center back, looking at his injury issues, could also be an issue because um, he's a player that is good in the air and good at defending set pieces, um, which United have faced a lot of issues with. Um, also, Ampende, uh, I think Ampede, sorry, sorry. Ampede and uh, Stevens having to fill in that O'Connell's um, spot hasn't really been as smooth as I think Sheffield United would have expected. Um, when defending, um, what the midfielders like Lundstrom, uh, Norwood and Fleck, and even some of the attacking players like Mill Goldridge uh, would do is they would look at cutting off the passing and isolating the person, uh, isolating that player that had possession at the moment. Uh, and that has remained the uh, same. And um, also looking at that is Sheffield United don't press aggressively or challenge. Um, and, and looking at some more stats is that they are ranked second to the lowest uh, in the league for both passes per defensive action, which means the, the pressure intensity. And uh, they're also second to the lowest for challenge intensity, which is uh, blocking, interceptions, etc. Uh, these tactics this season have not changed, uh, but their score is a lot less intense compared to the Sheffield season of last year, uh, which again could be an issue. Uh, since we've now discussed uh, the defense and how O'Connell has, has really put a hole in that left side of, of Sheffield's attack, Sheffield United in 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 their first 12 games of the season, have only made six goal-created actions, which is significantly low. That's one every two games. And I've only conceded, uh, I mean, I've only scored five goals. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Sheffield United aren't known for scoring goals. But looking at the attacking options, the strikers that Sheffield United have is McGoldrick, uh, McBurney, Burke, Musset aren't the most flashy strikers. But with uh, last season, you had McBurney and Musset being the top scorers for Sheffield United, standing at six goals each. Uh, Musset, however, had a decent season, actually, because if you looked at his statistics from last season, you're scoring a goal at a 0.44% uh, at 0.44 rate. Um, but he faces a lot of injury issues and couldn't really see the, the, the game out. Uh, Sheffield United, I think, would, would would need to find a more impactful striker to fix some of the issues they may face at the top. Uh, since 
they are finding it hard to score goals. But I think that the problem does also lie in, in the goal creation. So that midfield maybe needs some switching around. Um, but however, last season when they faced the same issues, what they what Sheffield United would do is counter this issue with, with their dynamic style of play. And a lot of FPL players uh, would remember the cheap and affordable option of Lundstrom that would bring in a lot of points um, uh, in a lot of weeks. And this was... This was this was a very good reason, and and um, I shall explain that actually. Uh, so as Stevens and O'Connell would push down the the, the left uh, flank, so that Stevens being your left wing back and O'Connell being your left centre back, and as they would drive down that left hand side, um, what Lundstrom would do was uh, he would storm down into the box, and then you know be around that back post area to score any of those goals in. Um, but however, like looking at the, the issues again, so O'Connell um, not being there and facing a lot of these injuries, uh, really, really, how do I say this? Um, there have been no substitutes that could really fit that style of play. So you have nothing coming down from the left-hand side anymore. Um, that left-hand side is is dry um, because you've had Stevens coming in trying to fill out the O'Connell position. Um this season, you could see Sheffield United using that right side more. However, this 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 makes them predictable because if their left side isn't there and 80% of their attacks from last season are from the left and right flank, um, you could see that it's, it's almost predictable that, that you know, they will use that right, right flank for uh, their attacks. Um, however, this also brings a lot of pressure on Norwood in the middle of the, of the field to dictate the play. Um, but... What teams have done this season, and they've done really well, and this this is a problem for Sheffield United, is that they find it very easy because they just need to block off Norwood and that right side of play, and Sheffield are all out of cards. So maybe Chris Wilder will will might need to change their tire. I mean, his tactics in and uh, maybe try to get that intensity and the challenges, try to get more blocks, interceptions, a little more aggressive instead of a little, you know waiting for the other team to uh, make a pass and then cut it off um, a little more aggressive. I think this would help Sheffield United to maybe bounce back. And I think uh, a player that comes to mind um, is is Jesse Lingard. Um, he's not playing much for United right now. But I really think that Jesse Lingard has a really strong, like he has a really good, decent work rate. And I believe would fit right in. It's because he always tries to apply as much pressure as he can. Um, and he does press a lot. Um, However, maybe looking at someone that could substitute O'Connell, so maybe a, a tall left-footed centre-back, um, is something Sheffield United may need to look at at the January transfer market. Or if they do not have the funds, maybe look at the under-23s that, that, that could play in that position and, and really help uh, Sheffield United out. Um, but yeah, that, that, is, that is pretty much it. <laughs> it's a pretty short po uh, podcast. Um, but yeah, hope all of you enjoyed. Uh, I will be posting or streaming. <laughs> I really don't know what the term is, but a podcast will be out once every week, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, this comes to the end of this, uh, episode. Hope all of you enjoyed. Um, yeah, stay tuned for next week. We will be talking about Manchester United and, uh, all the defensive issues that they face and, and, uh, how could, how they could counter it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, tune in next week and, uh, 
I really don't know how to how to end podcast. Uh, see you later. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'll see you all next week.